if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. And this is our third episode in our teenage podcast series. So we covered feeding teenagers a couple of weeks ago. Last week, we specifically talked about supporting mood in teenagers. And today, in our third episode in the teenage series, we're going to be talking about supporting girls as they go through puberty. And don't worry if you're listening to this and thinking, hang on a minute, what about boys? We're going to be covering that next week. Um, So today's episode is specifically about you know, understanding and supporting girls as they move through that transition that is puberty. So, first of all, I think it's important to, un- to, to, to do a bit of understanding because I have lots of messages, questions come through like, oh my gosh, my, my daughter's only eight or nine and I've, I've noticed this already. And what a lot, of, a lot of us don't know, and I was actually surprised to learn this when I did some research for my own daughter as well, when and I noticed some changes happening for her, is that the average onset for puberty for girls is between 8 and 13 years. And many of the changes start early on, well before 
menstruation begins. So, you know, get a girl getting her period is definitely not the first sign of, of puberty. So when it comes to puberty in girls, the earliest sign is typically the development of breast buds. Remember, it is all individual um, and there's not, it, you know, it, 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 there's nothing wrong if this isn't the first sign, but typically the first sign is that development of the breast buds. And in some girls, um, you know, pubic hair growth is also an, an early sign. You can also notice some changes in your daughter in terms of their body odour at around that onset of puberty. And that's because of all the hormonal changes that are happening that the result of that is an increase in the rate of sweat and activity in the sweat gland. So it's very normal for there to be some body odor and for some girls, you know, like an increase in the amount that they sweat as well. So girls also experience a growth spurt during puberty and the fastest rate of growth in girls typically occurs around that time of breast bud development. So they start to grow really fast um, around that time. And that lasts generally up until about six months before the onset of their period. So it's common for girls also to gain weight during this growth spurt, particularly around the hips and the breast because of the increase in estrogen that is driving a lot of these, these physical changes that we're seeing in our girls around puberty. So on average, the onset of a girl's menstrual cycle will occur two to three years after the breast buds appear. So, you know, taking note of when those breast buds appear can kind of help you work out that the around about time that a girl will be getting her period again, you know, that definitely does, um, you know, vary from, from person to person. So puberty in girls is easier to spot than puberty in boys because there's more of those obvious physical changes. So, you know, one of the things that's really important is to have open conversations with your daughter about the changes that are happening. And if you can have these conversations and make them, you know, really normalize puberty before the changes start, that's even better. You know, she she needs to know, your daughter needs to know that she can come to you with questions if she's feeling worried or embarrassed. It's a very, you know, it's a time of a lot of uncertainty. There can be a lot of embarrassment. There can be, you know, internal worry. So even though girls don't always, or teenagers um, and preteens don't always, you know, welcome a lot of conversation in this area, keep talking to them about it. Um, and, you know, books can be a really good option as well, uh, just leaving them around the house or sort of reading them together so that there's somewhere to look rather than looking at each other. It can make it a little bit more comfortable. So let's talk about the hormonal changes that happen in puberty. So, of course, there's lots of hormonal changes, but first of all, what happens is um, there's two hormones. One is called luteinizing hormone and one is called follicle-stimulating hormone, otherwise abbreviated as LH and FSH. And these two hormones increase early on in puberty. And LH and FSH then stimulate the production of the sex hormones. And for girls, that is estrogen and progesterone. 
estrogen is responsible for most of the physical changes that happen in girls during puberty. But it's also really important to note that the balance between estrogen and progesterone is needed for the onset of healthy periods and also mood regulation. But it does take a little bit of time for that balance to establish between estrogen and progesterone. So it's really common for for girls to have irregular periods for the first one to two years as these hormones sort of establish some balance. And it's also really common for, for girls to have heavy periods during that first year or two. But if irregular or heavy periods continue past this sort of initial one to two year stage, you might want to, you know, visit a GP or a naturopath. And this is definitely something we can help with at Natural Super Kids um, with our online appointments. So mood swings are also really common during puberty. And we really sort of focused in on that in last week's episode. So go and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Just I just wanted to note here that mood swings are normal. They're caused by hormonal shifts. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, your your daughter can't help how she reacts or how her moods change during this time. So we do really need to give our girls grace and understand that, you know, sometimes it is the hormones talking and they're not just being difficult or, you know, um, responding in ways that they might not usually respond. Emotions become more intense. Moods can change really quickly. I've noticed that with my two teenagers, you know, one minute they're, they're lovely and happy and the next minute without any sort of obvious um, trigger, they're completely, they're, their mood is completely different. And, you know, hormones have a big part to play in that. Sometimes our girls can become more sensitive um, and particularly once you think about the other factors that can also contribute to, to mood, things like social pressures, transitioning to high school, body image issues, there's a lot that goes on in these years. Hormonal changes can also exacerbate mood issues such as anxiety and depression in teenagers. Um, and so really working on uh, supporting progesterone production, which I'm going to talk about soon, um, is really important because progesterone is an anti-anxiety hormone. So low progesterone and or high estrogen can trigger more anxiety. So, you know, it's a really common time where anxiety can be heightened um, in both girls and boys. But obviously today we're talking more about girls. So how do you support your daughter through puberty? Now we know all the facts and figures and, and things, you know, that are, that are normally sort of happening through this time. We just want to make sure that we're well equipped to support our girls through this time of transition. But it is also really important to note that, you know, the hormonal shifts that occur during puberty are natural. We don't want to stop them from happening, but what we want to do is support our girls through this transition so that they can feel as balanced and as happy and as healthy as possible. So that's what I'm going to be sort of talking about now. So first of all, it's, un it's really important to understand what is normal 
So as I said, it's normal to have irregular cycles. It's normal to feel more moody, more anxious, and even you know, down in the dumps, depressed. So we don't need to rush to find a solution if our daughters experience this. Um, Our teens don't need us to solve their problems. They need us to listen. It's one of the most important things. And, you know, I love this because I get reminded as I'm sharing this with you. It can be hard not to feel frustrated when you're a mum of teenagers. Um, And it's important to be patient, to keep the conversation open. Um, and really reflecting how they're feeling rather than rushing to try and fix their problems or, you know, fix their mood. It's really important to understand that this is normal for teenagers to sort of feel like this. So, for example, you know, you might say, it seems like you're feeling really angry at your brother, but you still need to clean your room by the end of the day. You know, so it's holding those boundaries um, while reflecting and honouring the way that they're feeling and maybe even leaving out that but. Um, you know, I know, I, I, it, you know, it seems like you're feeling really angry at me and I still need you to clean your room by the end of the day. It's fine to feel angry. It's fine to feel sad. You know, we don't want to sort of um, swish away those feelings or bury those feelings or tell them, come on, just get on with it. It's not really that bad. We want to reflect those feelings back at them and still hold those boundaries, but, but being empathetic at the same time. So I just wanted to mention that. I mean, that is not, you know, an area of my in my expertise, but I know, you know, it's it's important in parenting generally um, to really make sure that we're honouring and listening to our kids' feelings and emotions um, and not rushing to try and fix them. But moving into to more of my what is my area of expertise, really important for girls, supporting girls through puberty to support their liver and their gut health. So when hormones are shifting and changing during puberty, there's often an excess of hormones that the body needs to detoxify and eliminate. And this is done through the gut and the liver. So the detox pathways in the liver metabolize the hormones and then they're shunted out into the gut to be eliminated. So if your daughter has an overloaded liver or an imbalance in the gut, this can lead to a buildup of excess um, sex hormones like estrogen, and it can affect the way that they're metabolized in the body as well. So the gut flora, the good bacteria within the gut play a really important role in this process. When the metabolized hormones arrive in the gut, the bacteria, the microbiome, decides whether to eliminate them via the stool or reabsorb them. And so a healthy, balanced gut will choose to eliminate those excess hormones, which is the outcome that we want. But an unhappy, imbalanced gut will reabsorb those hormones back into the bloodstream, which leads to a greater load on the liver, which just worsens the problem. So although the gut is not the first place a lot of people think about when we're talking about hormone balance, it's really important. Um, And and the healthier and more balanced the gut is, um, you know, the the happier the hormones will be. So we want to make sure that we're supporting gut and liver health. For liver health, we need to reduce the load on the liver. 
by reducing intake of things like processed foods and sugars and refined carbohydrates, alcohol, um, which you know can, can become a problem as our teens get a bit older as well. These things can really worsen hormonal imbalances and hormonal issues. So if your daughter is you know, struggling with hormone issues, explain to her that her diet is a big factor in that. And, you know, that eating too many sugary foods, processed foods is only making the problem worse. So we can incorporate more liver friendly foods into our girls' diets that are going through puberty. Things like bitter foods are great for the liver, like green leafy veggies and lemon juice. Now, a lot of teenagers won't accept these foods really easily, but some will, so worth mentioning them. Um, Cruciferous vegetables are really important for liver health, so things like cabbage and kale and broccoli and cauliflower. So trying to incorporate those into the diet as much as possible. Onion and garlic are great as well. Herbs such as parsley and coriander are great for the liver. So sprinkling those over, um, you know, salads, curries, whatever you can, casseroles. And apples and beetroot is are really um, great for liver health as well. So maybe an apple and beetroot juice or something like that. If your if your daughters will, um, you know, will, will drink something like that can be really great. So if you improve your daughter's gut health, her liver will also be supported as well. Um, A healthy gut is important for a healthy mood. And so the gut is really, you know, a really important place to be supporting with our girls going through puberty. Now, if you haven't already downloaded our free Kids Gut Health ebook. I will pop the link to that in the show notes because that gives you more specific advice on really, you know, what you can do to support the gut that will in turn make the hormones happier. So the next area that's really important is to make sure girls have a great nutrient levels, that they're getting the right nutritional support. And during puberty, there are a few specific nutrients that can be really helpful to ease this transition. Remember, puberty is a transition. It's not a condition that we need to fix. We're just supporting that transition so that our girls and daughters are, are as healthy and happy as possible. So it's worth looking into the symptoms and the processes that some of these nutrients support support um, to to sort of learn more in this area. So I want to start by talking about magnesium. Now, magnesium is a really well-known mineral and it's involved in over 300 different processes within the body. So it's no surprise that it's helpful with balancing hormones. And when it comes to hormones and, and that puberty transition, there are a few key processes that magnesium um, is involved in, including calming the nervous system. Like magnesium is is just so great at just giving that support and calming action to the nervous system. So this can really help to reduce stress and anxiety that is often um, high during this time. Magnesium also helps to normalize progesterone levels, which is a good thing when we're when we're wanting to support um, this transition through puberty. Magnesium also helps to promote estrogen clearance through the liver and it can help reduce period pain. So a lot of hormonal issues are caused by high estrogen 
and or low progesterone or an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. And magnesium is a nutrient that can bring them back into balance by supporting that estrogen clearance and supporting that those progesterone levels. So magnesium is a great one to be thinking about. The dose for your daughter um, really does depend on age and size and needs, but a good place to start in terms of a magnesium supplementation is somewhere between 150 and 300 milligrams of magnesium. I know that's a really sort of broad reference range, but at least it gives you sort of some idea. And look for a supplement with magnesium bisglycinate, which is a really easily absorbable form of magnesium. Now, if you want help in this area, if you're not sure the the dose that's going to be most effective, if you want help with specific supplement recommendations and, and getting access to high quality practitioner supplements, then do consider booking an appointment. Um over on our Natural Super Kids website. I'll make sure I pop the link in the show notes as well. So we offer online appointments um, and we can really, you know, we've got a lot to offer in the, in the world of teenage health. So the next nutrient I want to talk about is vitamin B6. So B6 is a great nutrient that goes really hand in hand with magnesium and I just want to list some of the ways that B6 helps with supporting girls through puberty. So it works with magnesium to produce progesterone. Again, really important that we that our girls have those healthy progesterone levels to reduce anxiety, to regulate their menstrual cycle, and so many other things. B6 always helps with supporting brain chemical production. So these are our neurotransmitters um, that make us happy and calm. So things like serotonin and GABA, B6 has a key role in producing these neurotransmitters. And B6 also helps with supporting the clearance of estrogen in the liver so we don't end up with an excess. So again, the dose of B6 that your daughter might need does depend on her age and her size, but around 20 to 30 milligrams of B6 is a good range to aim for. You don't want to take more than 50 milligrams as there are side effects that can occur from higher doses. Um, So just keep that in mind as well. And the, the last nutrient that I want to talk about Um, in terms of supporting our girls through puberty is zinc. So like magnesium, zinc helps to support girls through the process of puberty in a variety of ways. Uh, And some of these include, number one is promoting healthy ovulation. So when girls first start getting their periods, they don't always ovulate, which is why their cycles can be irregular. The quicker we establish that regular ovulation, the quicker the hormones will be balanced out because when we ovulate every month, it helps to regulate our um, hormones, specifically helps with that progesterone production. It's the best way we can support progesterone levels is to ensure that we're ovulating. And so zinc really helps to promote that healthy ovulation. Zinc also helps to reduce inflammation, which means less period pain. Period pain can be a real 
a real problem in in girls as they as they get their periods and through the teenage years. So zinc can really help to reduce that period pain. And zinc also helps to block excess androgen or male sex hormones. And these can be a big factor in teenage acne. So zinc is a, a great one for making sure that we don't have our, our girls don't have an excess of androgens or male sex hormones, which is normal to have. Um, things like testosterone and other androgens, they are still present in female bodies, but we don't want an excess of them. Um, and so zinc is really important in, in normalizing or blocking that excess androgen production. So zinc, again, is uh, another nutrient we might want to consider supplementing with uh, when it comes to our teenagers. And so if we're thinking about a zinc supplement, I like to look for a zinc chelate, which is C-H-E-L-A-T-E. It's a really easily absorbable form of zinc. Zinc is absorbed best when our body is at rest. So it's a great idea to take zinc in the evening just before we go to bed or sometime in the in the couple of hours leading to bed. But it's not essential. We're still going to absorb zinc if we take it in the morning. But that was just a note that I wanted to mention as well. And again, as with the B6 and the magnesium, the dose does depend on age and size and other factors. But as a general rule, 10 to 20 milligrams of zinc is a really great starting point. So when it comes to supplementing with magnesium and B6 and zinc, you can start to give it at the first signs of puberty. And the great news is you can find formulas with all of these nutrients in one. So you don't have to be giving three separate supplements. Um, And at the point where, you know, at that point of the first signs of puberty, even just a few doses of week, a week of these nutrients can help to build up the levels of these nutrients. And then you can ramp up the dosage to daily once the period starts to alleviate the menstrual symptoms. Look, some girls can really benefit from daily dosages of these nutrients, but um, even just giving them to the to, to them sort of three times a week will still be beneficial. Now there is something else I wanted to mention um, because I think it's important. It's really common, as I said, for for girls to have heavy and painful periods. So I just want to mention that dairy can be a factor here. So um, there's not a lot you can do to, you know, regulate periods within the first year or so. But if the heavy, um, the heaviness of the periods continues, um, you know, issues can develop such as fatigue and iron deficiency, and it can be embarrassing. You know, there can be leaks and there can be flooding um, with girls, which isn't great when they're at school and that sort of thing. So if your daughters are or your daughter is experiencing sort of long-term over 12 months of heavy periods, one of the things you might want to think about is removing dairy or at least removing the A1 dairy protein. We're not exactly sure why it helps, but A1 protein can be inflammatory for some people. And removing dairy or restricting it to A2 only dairy does seem to lighten periods. And I have done another podcast episode about dairy, which I'll link in the show notes if you want to sort of delve into that subject a bit more. 
I do also want to know if you are avoiding dairy completely, you do need to think about calcium and also protein because dairy can be a big kind of source of, of, of protein at this age as well. So um, if you're unsure about whether calcium or protein needs are still being met and you've eliminated dairy, again, this is something that we can help with in a one-on-one consultation here at Natural Super Kids. So as you can see, there's a lot that we can do to help support our girls in this transition through puberty. Um, and this gives you some ideas. If you're confused or you're not sure where to start, then please look at our book and appointment page because that will really help to give you a a solid personalized plan for your daughter. I really hope that this was helpful and it helps to ease what can be quite a stressful time um, for both kids and parents. You know, we have to learn Um, or we have to kind of go through this transition with them as well and learn to let go. And I know I'm experiencing that as a mum of a teenager and a tween. Um, You know, it's it's a tough time uh, when it comes to parenting. And I hope these tips today have helped um, and can ease some of that stress and give you that information that can be really helpful for supporting your girls through puberty. So next week, as I said, we will be covering puberty in boys and supporting boys through puberty. So tune in if you have a son um, and please share this episode uh, with someone if you can think of someone who could you know, benefit from this information as well. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.